0: There was a long time in my life when I really, really enjoyed Advent Joy Sunday, this third Sunday in Advent, the the rose-colored candle Sunday, in part because uh, I had fallen into a misunderstanding that the the repentance called for in the early Sundays and Advents was a negative thing. I've since learned that the call to repentance is an invitation rooted in in love and in the goodness of God. And and Joy Sunday is just an opportunity uh, to celebrate that. But then I, I have to admit I was a little surprised because I've also experienced this Philippians text on both sides. Sometimes I read that rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. How many of you memorize that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a great verse. But have you, ever, have you ever heard it read maybe by someone else to you when you're like depressed? When you got all sorts of things going on that you're really not happy about. And then it feels like this burdensome command it's like wait wait a minute i'm supposed to rejoice but i man i just don't feel like rejoicing i just don't i just i don't have it in me and yet and yet if you really understand paul you know that he wrote that from prison he wrote that knowing the kinds of circumstances that come in our lives that that bring us huge disappointments and that often cause us to wear blinders that we just can't see good ahead. And yet we're called by God to rejoice, not because of circumstances, because of who he is. Because of his faithfulness and his promise. And so I was delighted then also uh, uh, to, to continue reading the other lessons. But, but then I realized, wait, this gospel lesson is kind of troublesome too. John the Baptist, you know know John the Baptist. John the Baptist is the the cousin of Jesus who when uh, he was in utero leapt for joy at Mary's presence with his mom. He's the John the Baptist that Jesus went out to to be baptized where where literally uh, he saw God come down on Jesus and say, this is my son. And yet, In this text, John says to his disciples, go and ask Jesus, is he the one? Or should we look for another? The the very person whom God assigned, called, and sent into the world to prepare the way for the Messiah, the very one who is called to be the announcer of the coming of Jesus is now sending his disciples in the background to come to Jesus and go, are, are, are you really the right one? You know, because like, I'm kind of in trouble if you're not. I, I've kind of been telling people... And it's one of the things I love about the Scripture. It's honest. The Scripture reflects the reality of our lives. It's not just a Pollyanna thing. The Scripture and the stories of Scripture allow us to recognize that, that the ups and downs of life can sometimes lead us to a place of doubt. John the Baptist, this forerunner of the Messiah, was in prison and it was like taking longer than he thought. He wasn't seeing the kinds of things he was expecting to see. And he was going like, did I misunderstand? Did I I get it wrong? And Jesus doesn't come back with an argument. He just continues doing what he's doing. And he says to John's disciples... Tell him what you see. It's in a way uh, a word from Jesus to remind John of what the Messiah was really prophesied to do and to be. And when he looked at what Jesus was doing, he's going, ah, he is in fact doing those things that the Messiah was called to do. And then in our lesson this morning we have Zephaniah, uh, this minor prophet in the Old Testament. How many of you have memorized Zephaniah? Yeah, that's what I thought. And uh, and Zephaniah in our in our in our in our lesson this morning it's it's jubilant, it's another call to rejoicing. It's it's talking about the promises of God, but. You might have read Zephaniah, maybe you haven't, but let me just tell you uh, what it says in my study Bible about Zephaniah. The purpose of Zephaniah. Zephaniah wrote to Israel as well as to the whole world. He did not consider anyone safe from God's judgment unless he was living a righteous life. Zephaniah did not write about gloom and doom because he was obsessed with it. He wrote and spoke about it because it was the sure telltale sign that God took his relationship with humanity seriously. The day of the Lord is coming and the world is in big, big trouble. The first two chapters of Zephaniah paint a horrible picture i mean a horrible picture of the terrible day of the lord it it's really intended to say even to the people of israel if you kind of think god coming is a good thing i want to remind you that he's going to come in in righteousness and holiness and if that's not where your life is you're going to burn I mean, it's a bad, it's a, it's a tough word. Don't put your hope in the wrong thing. Now, let me, let me just unpack that a little bit. Because, you know, the people of Israel, um, like many of us, um, were just kind of looking around, trying to figure out how to get along in the world. Unfortunately, at this time, they had had a number of unrighteous kings. And so throughout the, the the throughout the land of Israel, there were a number of different places where you could worship one god or another. And the people are simply asking the question, uh, practically speaking, how do I get by? Um, it's interesting. I've had a few people, uh, non-religious people, uh, that I bumped into in the hospital. Um, uh, ask me, you know, see the cross, or, or if I'm wearing my collar, they, you know, hey, can you pray for me? I'm, you know, of course, I, I can pray for you. But then they say something like this, I just want to make sure all my bases are covered. <laughs> and I've had some people brag to me, you know, there's people praying for my spouse all over the world, and, I mean, we've got Muslims, we've got Buddhists, we've got people all over the world praying. We, we're, we're, we're good to go. Well, that wasn't the attitude of the prophets. That wasn't the attitude of the word of the Lord that came through the prophets. The word of the Lord that came through the prophets was, you need to be faithful to Yahweh, faithful to the God of Israel, faithful to the God who has brought you to this place, who has called you to be his own. Not just going along to get along, not not following the flow of the other religions to cover your bases. As a matter of fact, God was pretty irritated with those previous kings and with the people of Israel. And Zephaniah articulates that horrible, horrible day. They chill the soul because they remind the people of God's wrath. Now you might be sitting there thinking, "Um, Pastor Jim, you're kind of being a downer right now. This is supposed to be Joy Sunday. I mean, uh, let's get this right. Well, one of the interesting things also about the prophet Zephaniah is that it ends with the joyous words that were read by Chris this morning. It ends with this positive, rejoicing, faithfulness of God. We can count on God, or maybe I should say the remnant, the faithful remnant could count on God. That the day of the Lord for those who were on God's side was a good day. But for the enemies of God, those who had turned away from God, it was not such a good day. Now the other interesting thing about Zephaniah. Listen to these words. On that day, they will say to Jerusalem, do not fear Zion. Do not let your hands hang limp. The Lord your God is with you. The mighty Savior who saves, he will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you. He will rejoice over you with singing. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we want that to be God's word to us. Emmanuel, God with us to to elevate us beyond whatever the circumstances are going on so that we can sing with joy the goodness of god so i was wondering myself i wonder what brought uh, zephaniah from those really harsh words in the first couple of chapters to to this very clear word of hope for god's people and one of the things i discovered was that a part of zephaniah's Uh, uh, being a prophet, happened during the reign of Josiah. Josiah was made a king of Israel when he was eight years old. I I have a feeling that the people of Israel on the coronation day of an eight-year-old boy were not expecting much. Because Josiah's Grandparents were not good kings. And I want to tell you something else about the problem of what was going on in Israel that day. Earlier in Deuteronomy, when Moses is is preparing the people uh, to enter the promised land, Moses tells them this in Deuteronomy 17. When the king takes the throne of his kingdom, he is to write for himself on a scroll a copy of this law taken from that of the Levitical priests. It is to be with him, and he is to read it all the days of his life, meaning every day of his life he is to read from that law, so that he may learn to revere the Lord his God and follow carefully all the words of this law and these decrees. Well, these harsh words from Zechariah at the early part of his reign, uh, we're at a time when the kings had completely ignored God. So much so that when Josiah uh, made money available for the rebuilding and the repair of the temple, what they did was they found the lost scrolls. You know, the the ones that the king is supposed to be reading every day, they lost them. They didn't know where they were. You know, when you read something every day, you usually know where you put it down. But when so much time goes by, I don't even know what happened to those. I didn't even know they existed. And so all of a sudden, Josiah's servants bring back to him the scroll the law and they read it to Josiah and he realizes right away that the way he's leading the people of Israel is not in keeping with the ways of God and what does he do this is uh several years after he started 18 years into his reign uh he calls all the people together and he has the word of God read to the people so that they can begin to see how it is that God would have them be a nation, be the people of God, be engaged in the world. It's quite possible that a part of the hope that Zephaniah saw as a prophet was that there was a movement with the king and with the people to begin to take seriously the words from God, to begin to seek to live in harmony, to to repent and experience the mercy and goodness of God, to, to bless his people, to renew his people. And that's exactly what we see in the words of hope there near the end of Zephaniah. Zephaniah is proclaiming God's word, not just for, um, excuse me, Josiah is, is proclaiming God's word for all the people to hear, not just for him as the king. And I don't think, just to make clear, I don't miscommunicate, I want you to know that I don't think St. Timothy's is a, 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 a fallen, under-judgment group of people that have ignored, God, have ignored God's word. I just want you to know I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that we, like the people of Israel under Josiah, are going to embark in 2022 on, on a new engagement into God's word. Uh, we're we're going to seek as God's people to, to daily hear God's voice in and for our lives. That we might more clearly align our hope and our viewpoint, our, our joy to the things that we hear from God through His Holy Word. And so in January, we're going to be launching this Bible reading program that will take us through this opportunity to daily hear the voice of god and many or all i hope of our grow groups are going to begin to discuss how they're hearing from god through his word and how they think god is is directing them in their lives to begin to live in harmony with that word and occasionally be corrected to repent and realign when when we find ourselves drifting away And John and I, through the entire year of 2022, are going to preach right along with those same readings as we read through the Old Testament once and the New Testament twice in 2022. That Bible reading plan will root us too, as a community of God's people, in His Word of hope, so that we daily are renewed in that Word of God that can sustain our joy and our hope in the midst of whatever circumstances may come. We as the people of God in this place want to walk together with Jesus, relying on the Scripture to experience uh, the joy of knowing God's voice and God's will for our lives. It It is not an onerous thing. It is a gift to experience the, the presence of the living God in our lives, to give us a correct understanding not only of who he is, but who we are and how we can love and bear witness to one another, living in the goodness and joy of God. I hope you will walk with us through that as we begin this new year and as we journey now into the the joy of music next week's, and into the wonder of the incarnation and the celebration of Christmas in the days ahead. Joy be with you. Amen.